What's up? Good morning, afternoon, or evening, good people, wherever you are, wherever you happen to be, and however we're together. Thank you for being here. I'm Dave, and this is Dave's Head. So what's in my head? It would be disingenuous, dishonest, and disturbing <laughs> if I didn't talk about what everybody's talking about at this point. You can't go on social media, look at a news broadcast, have a freaking text conversation or call with your friends without Slapgate. And it, I don't know if it's even called Slapgate. That's just what I call it. Slapgate coming up. So I'm going to preface this by saying something that's a fun fact that you may or may not know about me. Will Smith and I went to the exact same high school, Overbrook High School in West Philadelphia. Now, he was about, I think, two years ahead of me, so I'm not claiming to know the brother. I'm just saying we went to the same high school. Literally, that's all I'm saying. And so I've had an appreciation, affinity. I've liked Will Smith, his artistry, for a very, very, very long time. Big fan, simply put. But my response to Slapgate is very simple. There's no justification, none, for violence unless violence is levied upon you. He could have handled that situation right from the seat, cussing Chris Rock out if he wanted to, screaming, yelling, mean stare, whatever. He could have did that. But there's no justification at all for what he did. And people are defending this, and I get it. Defend your wife. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. I get it. I get that some people are saying, well, he was defending his wife. Yeah, I get it after he laughed at it. But the elephant in the room is really, they've made their marriage public. They've made their entire family experience public. Happy times, embarrassing times, adventures he's taken, bad shape he was in and workouts. They put all this out into the public, opening themselves up for ridicule. No one broke into their home and installed cameras. They did this. Red Table Talk. And by the way, I've never seen a single second of it, but I've heard enough of the name over the years to know that it exists. It's kind of like, you know, the bombable snowman. I've heard about it. I've just never seen it. But the other side of this is, is Chris Rock was an easy target. I'd bet my last dollar, every single penny in my savings account, that if that was a rock hosting the Oscars and made that exact same joke, Chris would have kept his ass in that chair. He was an easy target. It's like the bully. And not saying that Will Smith was a bully. I think Will Smith was really someone who was frustrated that his public life had become so ridiculed and really memes, jokes, all that stuff. Again, at their own expense. But it's kind of like the bully who picks on a skinny kid. They know worst case scenario, the kid's going to throw a punch and they'll take it and then they'll beat him. But it's a skinny kid. They're not going to pick on a guy their own size. Certainly not a guy bigger. And so if somebody like The Rock was there, he'd have kept his butt in the seat. I think if you look at Bernie Mac, Richard Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield, I think he would have kept his butt in the seat. And they are not all big men. Richard Pryor was actually kind of skinny. But the stature of Richard Pryor, he wouldn't have touched that. And so he was an easy target, one, because some people don't really attract to and find funny 
Chris Rock's heavy-handed, extremely rude, gringy, grimy joke style or comedic style. Chris Rock says some fucked up shit as jokes. Another person that Will Smith would have kept his butt in the seat for, and I know this without a doubt. (laughs) Think about it. Dave Chappelle. Do you see Will Smith walking up to Dave Chappelle and smacking him? I don't. So again, Chris Rock was an easy target. No Dave Chappelle, no Bernie Mac, no Richard Pryor, definitely not The Rock. And Ronnie Dangerfield, who told more obscene, rude jokes than I think anybody I've ever you know listened to comedic-wise in my life. Bill Cosby, he wouldn't have did that. Pre-drugging women, Bill Cosby. But I get that people are saying he was defending his wife. And, and the thing that kind of annoyed me about this whole situation, because there, no matter who you are, your background, there were going to be people on both sides of the aisle, if you will, who either agreed with the slap or didn't agree with the slap. Now, I look at it as this, I, I, I look at it as parents validating physical violence over words as a problem. I grew up in a time, and I said this on social media, I grew up in a time when we told jokes battling each other, like rappers battled each other. I was a class clown for a reason, because I could snap back. I got talked about my clothes, my mom, my house, the fact that my mom was a cop growing up, so I was a, you know, a snitch. But you had to snap back. That's the only way to, to kind of shut up a bully comedian or shut up somebody who's kind of hitting below the belt is you come and snap back. We didn't get in fights or comedic battles. We, you got shut up today. You got clowned tomorrow. <laughs> but we live in a different time. And I'm making a huge leap. And I'm going to talk about this in a second as well, but I'm making a huge leap to the fact that people don't get in fights anymore. They pull out guns. Every day I'm seeing alerts on my phone in Philly. 14-year-old kid walking home from school the other day. Seven-year-old kid last night shot and killed. Now, I don't know the stories behind those, but it's kind of been going on for a long time. People don't want to fight anymore. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that people can't fight anymore. Like, it's not that they don't want to. They just literally can't. I mean, I grew up boxing. Fun fact. But I get that people are saying that, yeah, he's defending his wife. The problem I have is it's kind of turned into this other topic as well. It's finally good to see a black man defending a black woman. Really? So we're going to turn this into an attack, you know, in, in the house kind of attack, if you get what I mean. So now we're going to start attacking black men, generalizing that black men don't protect black women over this. Really? That's what you're getting out of this. And so my problem with this, number one, is the physical violence for words anyway. The second thing is Chris Rock was an easy target. If all the comedians, well, The Rock isn't a comedian, but he tries to play one. But he does host. So all these hosts, comedians, he wouldn't got out of seat for. And then it's kind of getting turned to this whole black on black inner fight thing right either way my bottom line there's no justification for a slap and if it was anybody else will smith might have got his ass whooped that night on worldwide tv the second thing that's on my mind is actually something really pleasant and so this past weekend i got to spend the weekend in my city um, my home city of philadelphia because my fraternity had an eastern regional conference 
And it was different because it's hundreds of brothers from top of the Northeast down to Virginia. And we're all in person at a conference. And yes, you had to be vaccinated and all this stuff, but we're in person. And it was so good to just see so many brothers who I hadn't seen in some years. Some just, you know, I hadn't seen them because I hadn't seen them in person because we we're doing virtual and they're like that big. Um, <clears throat> so it was good to see that. And, you know, I had to do a presentation because I was chairing a committee and because I always volunteer for stuff. That's what I do. But it was different because, you know, getting to just randomly sit down with people of various statures, various importance, various titles, various backgrounds um, in the fraternity, having dinner with, you know, the first night there with a group of guys, having breakfast with other ones, you know, just spending quality, intimate and not that way. Intimate as far as getting to know people that you already know, but some that you don't know. And that opportunity wouldn't present itself, obviously, virtually. And so that part was really good. But what I was most proud of is that my fraternity social action director for um, the Eastern region put on a gun balance town hall. And I'll say that properly this time. Gun violence town hall. Where we brought in some of the leaders in policing and community um, and talked about what really can be done, what should be done, what needs to be done to curb gun violence in the city of Philadelphia and other major cities around this country. And so a couple things that side conversations that happened during that town hall was between myself and a couple of brothers and actually continued after the town hall. You know, we're just walking and have a conversation, went and sat down and continued it. But we don't talk enough about how guns get in the city. We have all this technology for tracking and monitoring just about everything. But we can't stop illegal guns from hitting the streets. And so there's two sides to why that happens. That most prevalent that I hear, which is, well, criminals are really good at criminally, right? Everything you try to do to track and stop, they're going to come up with a better way to get around those things. And that's very legit. Absolutely legit. The other side of that, the argument that happens a lot is, well, it wouldn't be in the streets if they didn't want it to be in the streets. And that they being the government, the powers that be, the, the, you know, the puppeteers controlling the puppets. And there's some validity to that as well. I'm a very one zero black, white type of guy, right? I've talked about this before. The other side and a third sided argument is that I always come back to a lot, and I talked about this when it came to Slapgate a little bit, is parenting these children who become young adults, who become murderers. The importance of parenting to see young men in cities make their way out into a civilized, productive member of society life. And so, yes, it may be that Criminals are criminaling to get these guns in towns and get guns in the cities. It may be the powers that be and the puppeteers allowing this to happen, but there's got to be some ownership within as well. I can only do what I can do. Nobody can make me do anything. If I want to be better, I'll be better. Peer pressure, poverty. There's so many 
pushes that can get you in the wrong direction. But you can always stop and try to do better. And a lot of that to me comes back to the parenting in these inner cities. That they're instilling that foundation. I grew up in inner city. I know a lot of great men who grew up in inner city, impoverished or impoverished is the correct term, and had to work their way out. We all can do that. But I think the other side of gun violence in cities is we really need the village back. And for those not familiar with the village, it's basically anyone in your area of where you live is considered your village. It could be a subset neighborhood like South Philly, which is South Philly is pretty big, but it could be the Moimensing section of Philadelphia or the Mayfair section of Philadelphia, the Grays Ferry section of Philadelphia. It could just be your block that you live on, really. That could be your village. But it's really the village taking ownership of the village and not letting criminals do their criminaling. Not letting it happen. And think about to those old Lewis Gossett movies where they were walking down the street with baseball bats and, and frying pans, right? We're not letting this happen to our neighborhood. That type of stuff, except a little more modernized, probably you'll need guns, who knows. But the village taking back the power of the village, bringing it back to the cities and stopping some of these things from happening. It involves snitching, not being afraid to snitch, coming together. If we all got to go, 20 of us testify, what are they going to do, kill 20 families? You know, that type of stuff. Using technology to curb this. It seems like every time there's some crime somewhere, there's cameras catching this and catching that. More people having cameras. If you're going to commit these crimes, we got 16 HD cameras pointed at you. You're going to go to jail for life. Before I get to the third thing, What's in my head is brought to you in part by Digga Movers, your safe and swift moving company. An A-plus rated one-stop shop licensed and insured moving company, providing local and long-distance services on the move. For more information, visit their website at www.diggamovers.com or call 1-888-77-DIGGAM. That's 1-888-773-4436. And the last thing that's on my mind is taking a break. <clears throat> I don't know if you just heard me clear my throat. I've been going pretty hard for about a good month and a half. Event after event, meeting after meeting, traveling, all type stuff. Culminating with my conference this weekend, I was down in Philly from Thursday till Sunday. And then Sunday even, Sunday even went out to lunch and drank some more and other stuff. But I woke up Monday and the day this recording is happening is Tuesday. And I begin to feel my body going, you need a break. And so by the time I woke up this morning, my body was just, no, no energy. And really it started last night. Last night was actually March Madness coming to an end. Congratulations to Kansas. I was really pulling for North Carolina just the way they started that first half, but congratulations, Kansas. And I officially lost every pool for the first time ever. But I was prepared for sleep before the game started. I mean, I was napping, falling asleep, waking up. My body had said, look, enough is enough. One thing that dawned on me earlier this afternoon was that it's allergy season. And when I turned 35, suddenly I developed allergies. Make, make it make sense. But I also have a trip planned in a couple weeks, which is going to allow me to take that break. And I really, you know, haven't planned, stopped and said, 
I need to break in a couple months. Really, since I came back from, if you remember from the very first episode of the season, since I came back from vacation and I did all the moving and unpacking and all that stuff and got the year started off with house all good to go, I really haven't stopped. It's kind of been me going, okay, what's my calendar got today? And I'm going here, I'm going there. I got alumni stuff, fraternity stuff, work stuff, personal stuff, family stuff. It's just been nonstop. And so I like to share these things because when I'm reminded to take a break, it reminds me to tell somebody else or ask somebody else, I should say, when's the last time you took a break? Detached, put the phone on, do not disturb. Maybe even turn off the TV. Just lay there, sit there on the couch, lay in bed, you know, go to bed early, take a shower, bubble bath with music, whatever break means to you. When's the last time you took it? Not handling other people's problems, not solving the problems of the world, not coming to somebody's rescue, being their hero, just taking a break. That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be doing the rest of this week for the most part, or at least after Wednesday. But I'm reminded to take a break, usually and unfortunately, when my body forces me to. It's one of the, the bad habits that I have that I'm working to get out of. Because one of those times, my body is going to force me to take a break, and it's going to be a serious break. Because I always tell people, and I say all the time, you got to pay attention to your body. I will full transparency tell you, I started feeling like I needed a break about a week and a half ago. It was after I had a weekend full of events where I had to give back-to-back -back speeches for two weeks and attend two pretty large events. One driving halfway down the state, one uh, driving north in the state. And then I had to go to Arcadia University to do an event there. And it, right around that time, I started to feel like, ooh, I need a break. But I didn't listen. And so then I went to the conference and turned up at the conference. Came back home, my body's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're going to break now. So take your breaks. Listen to your body. Take your breaks. And that's what's in my head. So LegalJobs.io posted an article in January of 2021 entitled Divorce, Divorce Rate in America, 35 Stunning Stats for 2022. Now, the author, Bronca Guletta, offered up 35 stats about divorce. I'm not going to go through all 35, but here's a few I found is interesting considered I'm literally in the longest divorce in the history of divorces right now. So one myth about divorces is that more than half of them, more than half of marriages end in divorce when the stats are really closer to 40 to 50, which kind of leans towards the 40 side. Fun fact, since I was married in 2018, more people were married in 2018 than in 1960. More people filed for divorce between January and March than any other time of the year, which I filed in March. Um, they kind of attribute that to some of the stress that happens around the holidays, you know, raising up the anger. I don't know, but it just happens to be the first three months of the year. The divorce rate in America in 2018 and 2019 is significantly lower than in 2008 and 2009. Now, one of the major reasons they think this is true is because the cost of divorces, which I can completely attest to. Uh, with the average rate, average amount being about $12,800. And I can promise you I spent way more than that. So last stat I'm going to give you, the causes of divorce. Now, you would think infidelity would be number one. It's actually not. About 43% of the time divorces happen because people just simply aren't compatible with each other. 
28% is infidelity. There's some cheaters out there. And third was money, which came in around 22%. Now, I'm talking about divorces, and we're going to talk about relationships because I want to bring in my guest for this episode, Miss Francois. A little bit about her. She's the host of the Miss Francois show, her one-woman show, Frustrated, at Theater Row New York, open to sold-out performances. She has done a TEDx talk and has written two books. She hails proudly from Trinidad and Tobago, where she says Google it if you don't know about it, and specializes in getting over breakups. She's self-described as funny, multi-talented, super sexy, doesn't sugarcoat, and has one of, quote, the sexiest accents in the world. So with that, Miss Francois, welcome to Dave's Head. How's it going? Hello, Dave. You said that perfectly. I do have one of the sexiest accents in the world. <laughs> ah, see, I'm finally getting to hear it after we started recording. So yeah, I, it's up there. I'll tell you that. It's up there. So... Before we get into it, I know I gave a small intro about you, but I like to have my guests tell the audience about themselves. So tell the people who you are, what you do, and what you're about. Okay, so as you said, I'm Miss Francois. That's spelled M-S-S for multi-talented and super sexy. I mean, Dave can see that, so he can attest to that. I came from Trinidad and Tobago. A lot of people say Tobago, but it's Tobago. Mm -hmm. I came here in my late teens. Just like most people, the reason people migrate is for better opportunity, money, so forth and so on. I, as an immigrant, I had many obstacles in my way, from your own family to just trying to adjust from having your accent, from people think you're less than, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. Regardless, I like to say I took my pain and made it my purpose and pushed forward. I do have a show called Miss Francois Show, which has candid conversation, a variety of entertainment, and I use humor to help others with their dysfunctional relationships. And the next thing I always like to point out to people, I do not say that I'm a relationship expert, because finding and keeping a man is not what I'm good at. I'm good at getting over breakups, so don't get it confused. <laughs> all right, all right. That's, that's, that's one thing to be an expert on, and that kind of leads into the Q&A, right? What makes you an expert on getting over breakups? Well, I'm not a big old hoe, but <laughs> <laughs> but I've had my share of relationships. And many times when we're in relationships, we always say, oh, don't bring your baggage into the next relationship. But I don't care who you are, you're going to take something. I say just don't take the whole luggage, take a purse. But I've been through enough relationships, and relationships are hard. I've been in seven-year relationship, engagements, short-term relationships, and so far they have all ended <laughs> so I need to talk to an expert about staying in one but I have definitely from experience learned to get over it even faster and be able to bounce back to the next chapter in my life yeah and that's that's kind of the key right you know you can't let relationships failing bring you down to a certain level we gotta pick yourself up depending on how it ended and move forward and hopefully find well we know you haven't yet but <laughs> and I haven't yet either but um <laughs> moving on to hopefully something bigger and better. So I know we're talking about relationships right now, but in the case of marriages, why do you think marriages or almost half of them, like I said in the intro, why they end in divorces? I, well, first of all, the, the, I think the first thing you should ask is why people can even get married in the first place. And I think these days it's more glamour. Everybody's expecting that Disney excitement the prince and that the frog that turned into the prince kind of thing and i always turn to disney and go when they close those curtains and they walk through and say happily ever after no one knows what happens after the mm -hmm. curtain closes and that's when real life happens after you spend 
twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a wedding, you realize like part of your things that's compatibility. And COVID proved that when you're seeing someone every day, what you thought you knew about them is not actually what you do know because you're facing that person every day. So it's finding out why you're getting married in the first place could actually lead people not to get married. So maybe we would have less divorces. But I'm yeah. not an expert, right? Not an expert, right? <laughs> I, I wasn't an expert either, which is why I probably spent about three times as much as uh, you just quoted there. Um, yeah, <laughs> at least three times. Uh, so you you have a book called, and you have to tell me what the, the, the symbols stand for, but let that blank man go. Five plus steps to getting over breakup. Why that title? And what's the book about? So if people see the book, they have a lot of um, symbols. So let that, you see symbols, man go. For me, it means let that effing man go. For others, I like to say, when you experience a breakup, you don't go, oh, let that great man go. You're angry. So the reason for the symbols in the middle is to just get some frustration out. So you grab the book. It's like, let that freaking man go. Let that dirty man go. Let that evil man go to just get out some frustration before we turn to the next page and begin somewhat of the healing process. Now, do you have another book called Let That Freaking Woman Go? Because I need that one. No, that's the one you're gonna write. <laughs> that's the one I'm gonna write. Yeah, maybe I will. Honestly, maybe I will. Somebody needs to tell this story. And the book is good. The book is good for male and female. My thing is, I have my own niche, and I like to focus on people who are a reflection of me. That's that's their problem. Let Dave help the guys out. I'm I'm not concerned about you guys. Yeah, I got. I'm like Biggie. I got a story to tell. But <laughs> so there's five plus steps for getting over breakup. Go through all five, but talk about your favorite one and why it's your favorite. Okay, the first one I call clean house. And some of you all who are lazy, you'll be like, I'm not cleaning nothing. Mm -hmm. But this is something, I th I think it's literally somewhat cleaning house. Because when you end a relationship, there's so many things that you're going to have that remind you of this person. It could be pictures, it could be ticket stuff, it could be things that they bought you. For me... It was my phone, it was TVs, it was a lot of things. So you see, obviously men treated me right at the same time, right? It just didn't last that long. Mm -hmm. But instead of every time seeing something directly in front of you that remind you of that person, you need to detach from it. You need to separate yourself from it. Now, ladies, I like to say I'm not telling you to start no fires. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying you should try to sell some stuff to get something back. I'm just saying that's just me but you need to separate yourself and clean house and uh, but this I always like to put and but now if the TV that he bought you which may be five six hundred dollars if it's not bringing you any emotional trauma you could keep that I'm just saying mm -hmm. but honestly at the end of the day you need to just detach from certain connections you have with that person and get rid of those tangible things okay and yes you agree uh well yeah i think you know if you got a 75 inch tv it's it's keep it yeah <laughs> so so that's the is that the favorite one or is that just the first one that's the first one okay. the second one i call i call it church now all the ats gonna be like ah uh, i listen to miss france she crazy but church could mean different things for different people for me it need, means getting down on my knees praying crying screaming out to god like why me and having that venting session Right? For others, it could be meditation, it could be yoga. It, the church could be different things for different people, but mm -hmm. it's just to get yourself in that space where you need to just calm yourself down and just refocus, re-energize yourself. And that's number two, okay. right? Well, for me, that would be Number golf. three is my favorite. 
Oh, go ahead. I said, yeah, for me, that'd probably be going golfing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I don't know what you, you might need to do. You look like a person that just might beat up a tree or something. <laughs> but each his own. What you need to do, yeah, right? Yeah, gotcha. Number three is my favorite has to do with your friends, the people you confide in. And my biggest issue, since I came to this country, everyone seemed to say, I love you here, and everyone is your friend. Mm. I am... Um, from Trinidad, I, I'm I'm not familiar with that kind of way of everybody to friend and everyone you say I love you to. So I said separate what a friend is and what a confidant is. And if you look it up, it sounds similar. But I have a confidant, right? His name is Quentin Mezzotin. He comes with five kids and a wife, so no, we're not sleeping together. We're not one of those. But with a confidant, it's someone that listens, someone that nods affirmative action towards what you're saying and they don't try to fix anything they don't even necessarily offer feedback they're just there to be there for you mm -hmm. now you have certain friends that are going to be like oh girl we need to do a drive-by oh girl you need to put that dress on because you need to have sex with two other people to get rid of that guy those are not necessarily the best of friends at this particular period in your time sometimes you just need to talk things out sometimes you just need to hear yourself go through the whole situation so make sure you find and again, I'm not saying get rid of all your friends. It's just knowing which one to talk to about certain situation. If you want to go get drunk, maybe you talk to that person once a month. But at a time where you're hurting, you need a confidant that you can rely on. And that's my favorite because I think that has helped me a lot in my break breakups and even in just life situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to, I like to yeah. say you, you can't tell everybody everything because you got, like you said, you got the ride or die friend who wants to go shoot up the club. You got the friend who wants to Go on, get you two men, girl. Way to best way to get over, man, is get under a new one, or in the case exactly. of me, girl. I, oh yeah. my god, I can't. <laughs> I hate that saying. Yeah, it does work for like <laughs> five minutes, but <laughs> no, that's not the right. Not way. gonna touch that one. So that's my favorite, and the fourth one I call a passion project, or at the same time, it's just called creating. A lot of times when we're in a relationship, so I'm speaking from a female point of view we tend to put ourselves second or put ourselves last we always focus on that other person we're helping that person with their goals we cooking and cleaning and oh my god i love my man i want to make sure my man is fine and we forget the things that we wanted to do maybe we wanted to start a business maybe we wanted to write a book maybe you wanted to paint so i always say it's like just refocus and start creating because that time you're using to cry and just repeat the story to 10 different people in every which different way you could be doing something with that time like i did i created a whole show taking my pain and making mm -hmm. it my purpose so start creating and you never know what you could come up with gotcha. right yeah, my thing was my it's thing was definitely cooking i love to cook <laughs> you cook yourself you cried while you were mm -hmm. cooking <laughs> yeah <laughs> flipping pancakes <laughs> yeah that was partially that's partially true not gonna lie I believe you a thousand percent mm -hmm. and number five is volunteer mm. and when I say volunteer people always think you know you always have to give financially that's really nice but at the same time it's volunteer your time and if you notice when you volunteer your time it could be listening to someone else's story not necessarily about breakup but about their life because sometimes when you hear other people's stories you're like oh my god I'm living my best mm -hmm. life you know let me be grateful for where I am but even volunteer time it could be a soup kitchen it could just be doing something for your neighbor it could be writing a letter to someone that you want to say thank you to because when you focus on other people and when you give to other people you end up feeling mm -hmm. better absolutely right? I, well and the thing is I always say five plus steps and out of asleep people don't get the trick it's five plus steps it's really six the last one 
It's exercise. No, yeah. not join the gym January 1st and go for three weeks and then give up and your money keeps coming out monthly mm -hmm. and you can't do anything about it. But when I say exercise, exercise is different things to different people. For me, I'm from Trinidad. What is the main music I listen to? It tends to be soca mm -hmm. music. High level upbeat, you could be dancing, that's exercise. You could be running the kids around the house. You could be going to the park. You could be cleaning. Some people like to clean, that's exercise. Mm -hmm. It's just to be active and do something for yourself and with the people that you're around. So that is actually five plus steps to getting over a breakup, which is how much the five plus one is Six. there? I will say so after everything went with uh, south of my marriage I had to be best man in a wedding a week and a half later and I had to speak to youth um, for a morning program Saturday morning a week after that um, so going back to your fifth one which is you know volunteering those are two volunteer situations right after a pretty big breakup where you're just like how am I going to even do this uh, but I was able to do it but it was not easy to get to those two different uh, events right afterwards and I love to volunteer. Volunteering is one of my big passions, uh, even generally, so. Oh, that's mm -hmm. nice. And I didn't think you were that much of a nice person. That's <laughs> awesome to know. Good. That's not nice. So, okay. <laughs> I'm never nice. <laughs> All right, so next question, and this is this is purely opinion, right? Because I'm, I'm sure we'll probably have different opinions on this, but who is more at fault for relationships and marriages failing, men or women? I'm not blaming either. Everybody's situation is different. I'm not here to be like, oh, the men, they always cheat. For all you know, women might be cheating more than men. We're just better at keeping the secret because mm -hmm. you all are not the smart when oh, it comes yeah. to that. But it's not any in particular <clears throat> sex to me that's blame. Everybody's situation is unique. So whatever happened in that situation, they and, and at the end of the day, still two people that need to make something mm -hmm. work. So if one is working and the other one is not, it's not going to work. So believe it or not, I, we actually have the very or very similar answers to that question because I think it's one, it's situational, and two, it's it's about sometimes character compatibility. There's so many finance, you know, some of the answers that I, I gave for why marriages fail in the beginning, you know, finance is one of those things. So it so it was your fault, your marriage. Ended. Uh, no, That's no, what you're it was not. Dave? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many reasons. I mean, people get into marriages, and I was reading up on some of the stats, and people who live together before they get married actually their marriages don't last longer than people who have never lived together before they were married, um, statistically, which I, I found, really? I thought it would be I the opposite that of that. One. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that would be the opposite. Wow. I thought so mm -hmm. too, but I, I, interesting. Yeah. So. I learned something today. Right? I'm here, I'm here to educate. But, uh, so, so last Q&A question. So talk about your show and why you decided to host a relationship focused talk show with the comedic twist. And how long you've been doing it and talk about some of the topics you talk about on there okay so i saw my show like a little history on that it's not like i was like oh i love entertainment i want to be on tv i mean i look good on tv but that wasn't the reason behind it it started first with something called toastmasters and i always encourage people to look up what toastmasters is it's basically about public speaking and leadership skills and i had did a five minute speech called steve harvey can find me a man mm -hmm. And after I did that speech, I won a humorous competition, which went on. I made it into the same speech into like a one over one, one hour, one mm -hmm. woman show. And someone at that, I still had no plans of doing anything else after that. But as always, we have those really sad days when you're like, why me? Why this is my life? And oh, no. 
And I had this friend called Shulman Brown. He came in that particular day and he saw that I was done and he just asked what confidence should do be there for someone and listen. But he's like, if you had everything going on for you in the world, what would you be doing right now? If you had all the money or whatever the case might be. And I think we take that question for granted. And I just blurted out. I didn't really think about it. I just said, I'll have a show like Carol Burnett. And then he said, who the hell is Carol Burnett? And I was like, oh my God, I'm mm. old. But with that said, and if I don't know who Carol Burnett is, you need to Google it. I'm not telling you. But because of that, I he helped me look into finding out how to do a TV show, so forth and so on. And I still didn't even want to do it. I wasn't even supposed to be in front of the camera. I was going to just be like a producer in the back of it. And I didn't even know what I was truly going to be talking about. At that point in time, I was going through a breakup. And my friend just came out of a breakup where which ended up being my first episode where she found her husband mistress hiding in the bathroom literally Ouch. right so that's at the time when i was graduating from the class you needed to do like a show film something and i asked her to do it and the show i was going to call the show frustrated and my ex at the time said why don't you call it the miss france for show because every day you can be frustrated mm -hmm. on your show so thank you ex thank you for cheating and thank you for gave you something <clears throat> But, but at the same time, that's how I say I took my pain and made it my purpose. And I always tell anyone, if you look at season one, in the first four episodes, I am so mm. angry through that whole entire thing. No matter who I'm talking to, I have an attitude problem. So I was going through my own thing. And the show did help me to heal in its own way. And I always had an... Uh, I was always good at just adding a little humor and everything. So I believe humor makes everything mm -hmm. softer. It makes it easy to digest. It makes you easy to remember something. When you're flicking two channels these days, you don't want to hear someone like, hi, my name is Dave. That's, that's kind of boring. But if you see, like most of my... <laughs> I feel attacked over here. <laughs> but I always tell people, if you see, if you put on my show, the first, my show is typically taped in front of a studio mm -hmm. audience. Right now it's on Zoom, but it's going to start back by the end of this year back into a, a studio. But the first five minutes, I typically have entertainment, and I tend to have a lot of comedians because people like to laugh. It, it's just the easiest thing to do. And laughter, it has endorphins. There's so many things, the chemicals that it produces. It makes you actually feel like you don't have mm -hmm. any pain anymore. And for the next 20 more, four minutes after that, someone comes and entertains you and makes you laugh, I'm talking to different people. It could be... I could be doing relationship reviews of a book, relationship review of a movie. One of my favorite episodes is where I had a panel of three men saying what what men want, a panel of three women saying what women want. And it's amazing when you listen and you talk to people and ask people from different backgrounds, even race, the answers mm -hmm. that comes out from them. But I always keep my show fun and lively. Nothing that make you curl up and cry about or turn the channel is just definitely empowering and it, i'm always authentic this is what you see 24 hours a day so it's just something that keeps it light but keeps it fun and you definitely go away learning something about yeah, yourself and the thing about comedy too there's always you know there's there's hints of truth in comedy and sometimes it's just it's full truth it's just comedic so i mean putting a little splash of comedy in there I, and I tell people that all the time. If if you even look it up, they say most comedians definitely went through something traumatic in their life, and it was like sometimes you use it as your mask to be able to you know not have to deal mm -hmm. with certain things. And it is true. Like half the things people say as a joke tends to be half truths. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Mine's is mostly truths. Like if you ever listen to my five minutes, Steve Harvey can't find me a man. I'm talking about like 
dating websites and things that I've been on, I might as well a true story. People thought I was joking, but it was all true. When I go through frustrated, the one woman show is all about different relationships I've been in and the ups and downs of it. And people thought I made it up, but most of the time, entertainment does the good stuff does come from absolutely. All right, so that's the end of the Q and A, and now we're going to move into my favorite segment with my guest, which is called First Thoughts. Oh, Lord. But first, First Thoughts is brought to you in part by SRE Solutions, simple solutions for complex problems. For over 15 years, SRE Solutions has provided today's solutions to prevent tomorrow's problems. SRE Solutions will provide you effective, efficient, robust, and reliable business intelligence, application, website design, and PC support services. For more information, visit their website at www.sresolutions.org. Now, if you're listening for the first time, like I always say, shame on you, but I'm happy you're here. First thoughts is simply me posing a word or a phrase to my guest in order to get their first thought on it. They're not privy to these words or phrases, hence the term first thoughts. So, make sure you have the beeping thing in case I say something. <laughs> oh, no, this is an exclusive, exclusive explicit uh, <laughs> podcast. So you can say fuck, shit, ass, whatever. <laughs> Good to know. Thank if you. Ki- if kids are listening, that's their parents' fault. <laughs> All right. So you ready? I'm always ready. All right. So first, first thought, if I say long distance relationships to you, what's your first thought? Hell no, not anymore. Not doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to elaborate at all? Feel free to elaborate okay, as much so or as little as you want. I've had a few long distance relationships and this works for some people, but again, two people has to be invested. Sometimes your man next mm-hmm. door and he cheating. You know how it's <laughs> for someone to be long distance. I've done Jamaica. I've done, I live in New York. I've done Minnesota. I have done I've done it all okay and it's really exciting in the beginning and seeing each other so forth and so on but you definitely could never fully get to know that person unless you're in the same space for a considerable period of time so I'm not saying it doesn't work but it takes a lot more work for it to work so hell to the no for me (laughs) okay got you all right so next uh, first thought physical violence what's your first thought I like my skin no (laughs) took me I'm like (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, scratch me. Do you see this? No. I have perfectly smooth skin. No physical violence, please. Thank you. Especially towards me. Okay? I stop, drop, and roll for everything. Fires, violence, everything. I don't want one touching me. I, my skin, I, I, as you get older, it doesn't heal as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Stop, drop, and roll. Okay. That's... <laughs> I remember that in school. I don't remember that for physical That goes violence, for everything. But... I told everyone, try it for any and everything. If someone tried to hit you and you stop dropping and roll, it's kind of hard for them to kick you in in a fetal position. Try it. Sometimes you run and they also and they might... That's not going to work. They also might just start laughing and stop attacking you. See? Anyway, just All right. I'm pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting one. Okay. So uh, next first thought, open relationships or marriage? What's your first thought? <laughs> No, I don't share, first of all, okay? I don't believe in sharing. That's in the Bible, but that's for other things, not for no open relationship. If you want an open relationship, then definitely I'm not included in that. So marriages is for me, okay? I'm a one-man girl. Okay, okay. I'm a one-woman man. Yeah, same thing. I I ain't no baby. I ain't putting my vagina all over the place, okay? And I need to know what now. Now, yeah, but yeah, thanks, yeah. Dave, for asking. Intimate, intimate relationship. I'm a one woman man. My, my, my <laughs> hoeing days are way in the past. All right, 
So next to last first thought, and this is going to be a finish the sentence type of first thought. My inspiration is, what's your first thought? Oprah. Hmm. That's my first thing that comes in. My inspiration for, it's just being, the stuff that I've seen Oprah was able to accomplish under the situations and her past life and the history of, you know, just knowing, knowing her history. That's my inspiration for continuing to just keep moving forward because I feel a lot of times we find all these wonderful, great excuses for not going over, going towards our goals, our vision, our purpose for our lives. And after reading Oprah's story, I mean, what excuse do you have? Like, seriously, mm -hmm. like your job or you, I mean, really, I, I, it's amazing to me how people always have an excuse like, oh, my kids, I have two kids, or I gotta wait for them to come out of college, or my mom wasn't here, or this happened with my dad, like, shut up, like, you ain't special, like, we all have issues, figure it out, mm -hmm. there's always things you can do, if Oprah could do it, we all can. Gotcha, I love that, love that. And uh, speaking of love, so we've been talking about breakups and, and all the, the negative sides of things, but I'm gonna finish with this last first thought, so... Another finish the sentence, a beautiful love is when? What's your first thought? It's when you can close your eyes and feel like you could be led. So I'm all into the submissive stuff. I don't sound submissive, but I <laughs> want to be able to close my eye and be able to breathe and just know when someone holds my hand, they can carry me anywhere and I trust them enough that they care enough for me that they won't lead me in the wrong direction. It will lead me up to a mountain because together we could do pretty much almost any and any any and everything. So I want to be able mm. to close my eyes and be led. That's mm. a lot of trust. That's a lot of trust. All right, I love that answer too. Okay, so Miss Fran, was amazing. And again, first thought. Damn, I'm good. Hmm. Right, All right Dave? so <clears throat> yes, yes. So far, okay. so good. Got one last task for you. So that's the end of first thoughts. But before we go. I'd like to have my guests take an opportunity. If there's anything you want to promote or talk about, feel free to do so now. Okay, so I want to encourage everyone, definitely check out my show, The Miss Francois Show. It's free, and you definitely check out my website. Everything you need to find me, it's under MSS Francois. I also have two books, like he mentioned, but once you go on the website, it leads you just click on the different tabs and everything you need to find out about me and anything that i'm offering will be on there thank you dave no problem and i want to thank you again for stepping into dave's head had a great time and we might have to do this again oh we, we will okay you pay <laughs> next time right <laughs> okay all right thank you you're welcome love bye-bye My absolute favorite segment of my podcast is my grin, which stands for great reason to be in love with now. I mentioned earlier that around the age of 35, I developed allergies out of the blue. Now what thing or things specifically I'm allergic to, I have no idea, none whatsoever. I've never done any allergy tests or did the pricklies or stuck my head into a flower and sniffed really hard to see what happened. None of that stuff. This grin for this episode is the Allergy and Asthma Network. So if you go to Allergy Asthma Network, all one word, dot org, they have great information, really great information on what is asthma, what are allergies, definitions, treatments, triggers, and more. 
they also have things like news in the algae and asthma realm of space information for schools and how to deal with asthma and allergies laws that are on the books for allergies and asthma which i had no idea there were laws related to allergies and asthma there are and probably the reason there are laws in the books is because they have information on allergy and asthma day on capitol hill which i imagine is much like my fraternity does a day on capitol hill where we talk to lawmakers and do advocacy for different things that interest us in our realm of space so check out the website allergyasthmanetwork.org where the best thing about this website at least for what i'm going through right now is you can put in your zip code and look up the different triggers for your allergy like ragwood trees pollen that type of stuff maybe even start a track when your allergies are pretty bad when they're not bad at all so once again check out the allergy and asthma network allergyasthmanetwork.org i want to thank ms francois for stepping into dave's head keeping it real throwing a little comic twist on it but keeping it 100 thank you you can find her on social media at ms francois with two S's, so M-S-S, Francois. Or you go directly to our website at www.misfrancois.com. Remember, two S's. Support our sponsors, Digamovers, www.digamovers.com for all your moving needs. And sresolutions.org for your PC support, website design, application repair, and more. And if you're interested in sponsoring on Dave's Head, reach out and I promise you we can make it happen. So your body, or listening to it. Breakups, sometimes they're for the better. And anything to beat allergies. All great reasons to be in love with now. That's all for this episode of Dave's Head. Follow and feedback on our Dave's Head podcast Facebook page, on Instagram and Twitter at Dave's Head Pod. Subscribe and give your sentiments at Dave's Head Podcast on YouTube and listen on your preferred podcast player at anchor.fm forward slash Dave's Head Pod. For more information on all things Dave's Head, check out our website at davesheadcard with two rs.co. Episodes premiere on the second and fourth Fridays of the month. Thanks to all my headers for tuning in and remember, enjoy life because life should be fun. Take care. <laughs>